second. All right, we're live. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first edition of Bitcoin Kindergarten with me, Nick. And me, Optimus Fields at My Living Truth. And this is going to be a show where we have a live audience. We have a great turnout today. We have 13 online, 7 in the chat, probably going to be 8 or 9 soon with a few more stopping by. But this is a show where we're not going to get too technical. Everything is going to be real simple. We want this to be a show where it's short, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, and it clears the air on any uh, questions, you know, newcomers into Bitcoin may have. Um. This idea was also, we we originally did the first episode on YouTube about like, I think it was six, six months ago. Seven, yeah, six, seven months ago. We recorded it, put it up on YouTube. Um, Maybe we'll drop it in the Discord later later today. Oh, for sure. And uh, one of our Twitter friends, Jeremiah, he kind of egged us on and was like, hey, I have some normie questions. Um, I want answered you know some of my friends and family have been asking me stuff but they're not quite getting it and i want them to hear it from someone else and optimus was like well me and nick you know we already did one episode on it and we're open to doing more and he egged us on and now here we are creating uh this bitcoin kindergarten welcome to everyone who just joined yeah so um just the rules of the show if you're not familiar with Discord, go up and do the on the left. There's a little text channel, and you can type in your questions and the questions you want asked, and then um, we'll we'll get to as many as we can in the time that we have. And uh, so, before we answer the questions, I thought me and Nick maybe would like to just talk about what Bitcoin is to us. And so, to me. I I'm a, I'm a full bulltard guys. I'm I'm a Bitcoin believer full and you know through and through. I I look at Bitcoin as money. It's it's the best way for us to calculate our value and our and our economic wealth. And so it being only 21 million bitcoins and the scarcest asset that man has ever known to date, I think that it's a great opportunity for us to save for our future and it's looking like we're at the dawn of this next mega bull run we just got a nice little pump to 9k yesterday and it's looking like we might might be going into the crazy territory we've all been talking about and, and dreaming about so i'll pass it on to nick real quick bitcoin for me is more than making money I think when you get into Bitcoin, you think, oh, it's an investment and you want to make money. And obviously I do as well. That's why I got in. It's why I'm still here. But one of the main reasons why I'm mainly still here is, and I don't see it as like that much of an investment is the freedom aspect of it. You know, the fact that it's unconfiscatable, you know, governments, governments and central authorities can't touch it they can't take it from you it's one of the only assets in the universe that you can really own yourself 
and um you can make it private um well press private as you can private um layers are still being worked on but it's something that it's just yours and no one can take it from you you have full control over it and that's really important to me when it comes to freedom because you know we see the rise of socialism and communism in other countries and it's like those people don't have any freedom because a central authority takes it from them and bitcoin is the perfect tool to take back your freedom bitcoin's our money there's a lot of lessons in that one Mm mm-hmm so, what do you say we jump into some questions? Yeah, go for it. You want to start with Jeremy's or the ones that we have in the chat? Let's start with Jeremy's real quick, just so we um, get him out of the way. Let me scroll up. So, Tracy was wondering, why not just invest in gold other than security? It came about when they were talking about an ap- apocalyptic situation. Well, I mean, first and foremost, if we're in an apocalypse, I think we have more problems in saving in gold. But my view on why you wouldn't want to save in gold is is just simple. The upside to Bitcoin will blow gold out of the water. And yeah, gold has a, you know, a thousand year track record, but Bitcoin being a young asset, it's got more of an upside. So for us, the opportunity is that it's it's a great opportunity to save and increase your purchasing power into the future. So that's how I would look at it. It's number go up. I agree with that. And also what you said first off is if we're in a apocalyptic situation, money is probably, it's going to be the last of our concerns. Um, I think, in that sort of situation i would rather want a gun lots of ammunition instead because if we're in an apocalyptic situation then we are not gonna i'm not gonna go to the grocery store and pay for something i'm gonna go to the grocery store and take it um but why invest in gold see gold it can be taken from you um for example, what happened uh, was it was Executive Order 6102 in 1933. Um, it President Franklin D. Roosevelt forbidden the hoarding of gold coins, gold bullion, and gold certificates in the United States. You can't really own it, and they always have control over you. So what I was saying and, you know, what Bitcoin means to me is that with Bitcoin, you can actually own it. And if you want to spend it, that's completely up to you. You don't have to ask permission from a central authority or anyone else to spend your money. And just to add, most most gold that people are thinking that they're owning is, is paper claims to gold. So unless you're getting gold physically delivered to your house which cost a lot more than a Bitcoin transaction, you technically don't own the gold. You're just owning a claim to that gold. So in that sense, 
once you take Bitcoin off an exchange and you hold your private keys, like I said, it's your money. You own it and no one can take it from you as long as you secure it correctly. So that's part of that Caesarship resistant property of Bitcoin. Gold is physical and we can touch it, but that's the beauty of Bitcoin is that you, you know, you can go across borders with 24 words in your head and, and there's all your wealth. And we, we've seen pictures of what millions of dollars in gold looks like. And it's, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot of weight and it's a lot of gold bars. And in Bitcoin, a million dollars is the same price as $10. And it's just, just a few words. So you can carry it anywhere you go. And for that, it's a beautiful thing. And before we go into the other Twitter questions, since we're on the topic of gold, uh, Goldbug posted some questions in the chat about it, so I want to continue with it. He said, for the first one, if Bitcoin is a store of value, how do you extract the value hypothetically if it ever becomes worthless? If it's worthless and you're unable to extract value, how can it can be considered a store of value? Example, gold is worthless, but I have... It. I can conduct electricity with it, wear it as jewelry, store it for generations, change shape and weight, etc. These uh, abilities give the option of extracting gold tangible utility slash value regardless if it's worthless to everyone else. But if you do that for a Bitcoin, how exactly do you get utility or extract value if it's worthless to everyone else? Can't get my head around this. Can you? Well, the um, I'm going to start this off by saying the beauty about Bitcoin is that it has no intrinsic value and in that it's mainly like its only role is money. So like with gold, you know, you can use it as money, even though no one really uses it anymore. It could be used as money. It's used as jewelry. You know, you can smelt it down. You can... You know, it's used in computer parts, phone parts, you know, gold teeth, etc. Um, I always think there will be a market demand for gold because of its many utilities. But with Bitcoin, it just pushes it over the edge because its sole purpose is money. And the fact that it has no intrinsic value is actually a positive. Yeah, yeah, I just want to add that Bitcoin's utility is transferring value over a communications channel. That's its sole use. That's all it does. And with gold, the the other uses of gold are are basically pushing up the price of gold per se because it's not pure money. It's got other uses for it. And while to some people that may seem like, oh, well, gold's better because you can use it for all these things. You don't, you don't need a money that needs another use. Money can be anything. And so the fact that Bitcoin is just pure money, its only use is money, that's, that's its utility. It's only meant to be used as money. And just to kind of nitpick on what uh, Nick was saying, nothing has intrinsic value. There's no such thing as intrinsic value. Things are subjective. So something valuable to me may not be valuable to you. But as we, as I just said, Bitcoin's utility is 
transferring value over communications channels. So you can send money over the internet or through, you know, the FM radio or off a satellite, and that's its sole purpose is just to, is just to transfer value. And so it doesn't it doesn't get its properties taken away by its other uses. Its only use is money. And so yeah, like. Bitcoin is money and it's only meant to be money while gold has a lot of uses. I don't think we'll ever stop using gold because of those, those, uh, utilities that you name, but I don't think it's ever going to be money again. It, it'll just. Eventually... Good, good. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Glad you guys are alive in huh? one shape or another. Yeah, uh, my name's Hogan. Oh, um, hold on. I'm getting, right, I'm getting some audio out. over here. As far as under the circumstances. So. Sounds like yeah. Al. I thought I muted him. I'm getting, oh, I might have uh, muted him from just my end. Oh, right, yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, Al's still... Al, mute yourself. <laughs> if you right-click on his name, you can... Uh, can I join in and just say a couple things? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Goldbug, go in. Okay. Um, yeah. said 1933, they came and confiscated the gold. Gold. Did you know that you could have just said that all your gold was considered a collector's item to you, and they would have let you keep it? Number two. And the other guy also said that gold's not used as money. If gold's not used as money, then why do all the banks have it in their vaults? If Bitcoin's only used for money, why are none of the central banks hoarding it? Why are they not holding it, but they're holding gold? So to me, gold's clearly used as money, and Bitcoin seems more speculation than money. Um, There's a couple other ones. Um, the person that said that all value was subjective... Um, some value is subjective, but some things actually have objective value that are, that are clearly undeniably valuable. So yes, there is such thing as subjective value, but all value is not subjective. Some value is clearly objectively valuable, and I I can prove it in a variety of ways. So if I I, I can do so if, if someone doesn't believe that. Mm -hmm. Well, we we can start with the first one. Uh, gold isn't used as money it's used as a store of value so we store wealth in it because we still believe that it's valuable so it's it's i mean can you add on what you mean by there's objective value undeniably okay it goes it's basically intertwined into the original question that i asked if everyone thinks your bitcoin's worthless no one can come up with a use case where you can gain value if everyone thinks your Bitcoin's worthless and you own it. If I have a piece of paper that government issued me money, fiat money, right? Everyone thinks that it can go to be worthless, right? The piece of paper actually has subjective value. You can use that piece of paper to wipe your ass. You can use that piece of paper to burn it to keep you warm. There's actually value that you can extract. It might be not that useful, but there's clearly some some subjective value to anyone everyone can agree that you can use the piece of paper to extract value but if your bitcoin is worthless you can't do anything that's not proves that the only value that it has is only subjective value yeah but it's that's that's a utility it's not valued as money as when you burn it as paper 
Yeah, but that's the subjective value. I'm not saying the piece of paper well, yeah. is money. The piece yeah, of paper no. is currency. Money and, and currency are two different things. Yeah, and I agree. And see, like, the thing is we subjectively believe Bitcoin, Bitcoin has value because we see it transferring value. Like, it, it's ten. It's close to $10,000. It's transferring perception of value because if the bitcoin's well, worthless is, is that not what all money can't is come up with an explanation how you how it's valuable once it becomes worthless so but, the but only the, value that it has is the perception of value so you transfer the perception of value but you're not actually not transferring any value but that's, only that, that's what all money is that is not what all money is the dollars that you use to buy stuff at the store you aren't only able to buy stuff at the store because other people agree with you that that money's worth what it what you say it is or what it that, says. That's on the not bill. money. That's currency. Dollars are currency. Okay. Yeah. The difference between money and currency. Yeah. Totally agree. But uh, um, what you're saying is like you're like the way I kind of see it is like you're like if I can't physically hold it in my hand and do things with it then it must not be real like that's the kind of vibes i'm getting from what you're saying and like bitcoin is an internet protocol you can't like you know bring it to life if that makes sense and like physically hold it so i mean i guess like the value of bitcoin is all on the internet and if bitcoin were to go to zero and everyone stop using it for some reason then I guess, yeah, it would be worthless. But that's only if that happens. And there's a and billion reasons why that won't happen and not many reasons happen. You know what I mean? And two, two, uh, two things real quick. One, uh, someone said earlier that, well, why would you buy Bitcoin? I mean, why would you buy gold when you can buy Bitcoin when Bitcoin has way more upside? Now, I'll agree with you that Bitcoin clearly has more upside. It went twenty. It went from eight hundred dollars to like twenty grand in a short amount of time. Before, like it clearly has more upside. But the one thing that he didn't state that I think he should have stated. But the reason that it, it because it has way more upside, it also has way more downside. Because the reason that gold doesn't go up a ton of money is because it's not risky. Because it's money. Money shouldn't be risky. The fact that Bitcoin can go up a ton shows you that it's not money. And then the last thing that I wanted to say. But one second, I. I lost track of thought on the first thing. Oh, and then like you said it's not likely that Bitcoin can fail. Bitcoin's a technology. Uh, someone can hack the whole thing and the whole thing goes to thing. That's just one way it could end. Or someone can just make another one. There's a variety of ways it can end. But I do I do think this concept you guys are doing is real cool. But I just wanted to uh, just open some eyes and I let people think for themselves. I think I made a good argument and I'll let you guys can make yours. No, and yeah. I just I want everyone to have the opportunity to decide for themselves. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. And uh, yeah. just to touch on that first point about risk, uh, Bitcoin is an asset that's becoming monetized. So while it's volatile and it looks risky, it's it's becoming a monetary asset. It's ten years old, and so all that volatility and that risk is is just the free market doing its thing. That's humans choosing to use bitcoin to transfer value and so while gold is a lot more stable it has a longer track record so bitcoin as an emerging asset is going to be a roller coaster ride until it finds a happy medium in the future
Um, and then also before we move on, um, I, I actually really want to thank you for uh, debating us because uh, you did make some really good points and I think a lot of people listening will learn from it. Um, but what I have to say is, is you said about Bitcoin being hacked. Um, that is so extremely hard that it's pretty much it's like literally impossible like governments around the world can't even do it like in the most they could do it you know look if um you guys have watched the andreas antonopoulos video governments could save up a ton of money in 51 percent attack the network and the only thing that they'd be able to do is like one double spend before, you know, the next block is mined and they have to redo the whole thing all over again. It's just, it's not likely that that will happen because the upsides to doing it are just not there. They're, it's not worth anyone's time or money to do it. I, so, I agree that I think that's a, it's a low chance that that's the way that it could not work or get like getting hacked. I think that's a low chance, but I, I do think it's possible. There's other ways that I think it could fail too. Now I'm not positive it's going to fail. I just think it will, but I'm not positive. I mean, yeah, everyone has their own points of view, you know. Um, but I think we're going to move on to some other questions now. But seriously, thank you. Like that, that was actually good. Thank you. So our next question will be: It was another one, one more from Jeremiah. It was, um, let me load it up. Shout out to Brian who said, how do I get started? What is cryptocurrency and why Bitcoin over others? And when do you think big banks will let people buy Bitcoin? Uh, well, one, how to get started. There's a lot of ways to get started. You can just download a wallet and have someone send you Bitcoin and you get started that way uh you can download various apps like cash app and just basically buy it through a bank so to that third point banks are already letting you buy bitcoin i i use a i use my bank account to buy bitcoin a lot all the times and then uh two was it it what was, is what is cryptocurrency and why Bitcoin over others? Well, the Bitcoin over others is is the one that I that I can add my two cents on. Um, Bitcoin's is Bitcoin's uh, zero to one invention is digital scarcity. So you you can't recreate digital scarcity, but can because that nullifies the very idea of digital scarcity. So just with that thought all, all other cryptocurrencies are an affinity affinity scam in my opinion because you can't recreate that digital scarcity there will only be 21 million bitcoins and as long as as long as there's another node on the network running and my nodes running we'll be able to transact value and yeah um touching on what you just said a lot of people get this mixed up is let's say if i buy another coin like I, let's say like litecoin for example people say oh it's so similar to bitcoin it's you know it has the same properties of bitcoin blah 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 
a lot of people forget Bitcoin, when it got started in 2009, it went through this period of, oh, like this is Bitcoin's just a joke. Like it'll never take off. Let's buy and sell and, you know, do whatever we want with it. People lost thousands of coins. I mean, millions in total, but like, let's say one person mined a bunch of Bitcoin on an old computer, had like a thousand Bitcoin. And then like they threw away the computer or the hard drive or whatever, like those Bitcoin are lost forever. But if I were to start up my own cryptocurrency today, I I'm thinking in my head, oh, well, what if this blows up like Bitcoin and I just hoard all the stuff for myself? You know, it's like you can't recreate organic growth. It just like no coin will be able to recreate Bitcoin's organic growth, no matter what, just through those reasons that I stated. And um, so that's why I choose Bitcoin. It's the strongest, the hardest, the fastest, the most secure. A lot of people say stuff, oh, well, my, crypt- my cryptocurrency is faster than Bitcoin. Use mine. But if you look at the security statistic, you actually find out your coin is slower because you uh, when you send a transaction from person A to person B, it'll take a couple confirmations from the network to approve that it's a valid transaction. And it takes a while on the Bitcoin blockchain because that is the most secure way. Now, if someone was sending it on Litecoin, for example, it'll get less con it'll have you know it'll seem faster but it's not nearly as secure and if you were to put them side by side and have the same confirmations for each and like test the security each coin to get the same security as bitcoin takes a lot lot longer i think litecoin forgive me if i'm wrong was like four hours you know it's lagging behind by like four hours or something like that it's So Bitcoin, it's just the best. It has the most brightest, smartest developers working on it. Um, You look at you look at the Bitcoin space, literally all the smartest people around the world in the space are Bitcoin only. Um, When I sold the rest of my cryptocurrency and we went to Bitcoin only, I I compare it to when Litecoin was at a certain rate against Bitcoin. And right now it's about halfway down. So like you might hear people say stuff like altcoins are um, a scam to to take your Bitcoin. And that's kind of true. If you go on CoinMarketCap and look at a coin's all time, um, you know, price, the USD value goes up. But the Bitcoin value just goes down. You're losing Bitcoin, but gaining USD. It's just, it's not a good trade-off unless you're strictly in it for making more US dollars. And also, Bitcoin has the network effects. Like when people think of cryptocurrency, they think of Bitcoin. And just that the network effects of, of all the hodlers and all the people around the world that have heard of Bitcoin and that own Bitcoin is, um, is, is massive. And that, that network effect will, will just keep on adding 
to how many more people hear about and how many more people take the plunge into financial sovereignty and decide that they want to hold their own value. And then uh, to round that question off, he said, what is cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency is just, it's a, it's like peer to peer money online. So you don't have a trusted third party. So let's say if I was going to send money to you on, let's say through the banking system, you know, I can't just like send the money to you. It has to bank to verify the transaction and put it in their ledger to say yes this is a valid transaction but if i send you money on bitcoin i send it to you and it's just it skips the middleman and the bitcoin blockchain verifies the transaction for us to make sure it's valid and it's all based on like mathematical code cryptographic functions yeah so the next question we have is by Superfly17, and he says, what is the difference between GBTC, spot BTC price, and OTBTC price? Why are there so many different ones? I find it confusing. Well, GBTC is the grayscale Bitcoin, and that's not physical Bitcoin, so that's kind of like I'm pretty sure that's from your 401k. It's kind of like, you know, the paper version of Bitcoin. Like, let's like, that's mainly used for buying and selling easier. Um, I'm, I'm pretty certain it has like better tax, um, tax regulations and stuff. And it's just easier to trade over the counter Bitcoin. So let's say if I want to buy from an exchange over the counter, that's straight from like their cold wallet and like their cold reserves. So when you buy it, it that's mainly for like the big whales and the big people buying because when you buy OTC, it doesn't immediately like affect like the market. So when you buy on the market, like let's say from like Cash App, Bitfinex, you know, whatever it may be, you're like the money you put in will help either if you buy it'll help push the price up if you sell it goes down because it's you know you buying it from the online wallet but if you buy it from the offline wallet the cold storage it doesn't immediately affect the price yeah and just then, to add the gbtc is the grayscale fund so you're basically getting paper claims to your bitcoin and then the over-the-counter is just kind of what it sounds. Over-the-counter Bitcoin, it's it's like a peer-to-peer -peer trade from someone outside of the market. And it's usually, like Nick says, whales buying large chunks of Bitcoin. And then Bitcoin spot price is just what you buy normally on any market. So... The next question we have Have either of you used BISC? BISC, for those who don't know, is a decentralized exchange. So it's not like, let's say, Cash App, for example. So they're centralized. BISC is decentralized. I have not used BISC, but haven't you? Yeah, I used BISC a couple of months ago. Um, when I jumped on, 
it was kind of low in liquidity, so there wasn't that many offers. But I've heard that there's a lot more action on BISC. And um, the way they do it non-KYC is uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can buy on BISC. So you can set up face-to-face -face meetups with people. You can use money orders to buy Bitcoin. And you can just use your bank account. And uh, the reason it's non-KYC is because you don't have to register your identity with it. Technically, there is some um, KYC. You're sort of like you dox yourself to the person you're trading with. But that's better than having your name sitting on an exchange's uh, list of people who have bought Bitcoin. So I've definitely used it and I'm going to use it again. I just kind of need to get back to it. So the next question is, do you consider it trustworthy and can one really buy through it without KYC? And KYC stands for know your customer. It's so pretty much when you buy from exchange, let's say Cash App or Binance or, you know, somewhere else, they're going to ask you for like, let's say your driver's license or, you know, something to prove who you really are. So like, let's say the advantages to buying non-KYC is the government or no one knows who you are and if you purchase Bitcoin or not. It's just a privacy thing. Yeah, KYC is uh, uh, the traditional bank's way to uh, try to mitigate money laundering. Do you consider it trustworthy? Because I know... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I I've bought Bisc or Bitcoin off Bisc and it went out. It was yeah, went out without a hitch. I I do want to say, be really careful though because it is an exchange. It can get hacked. Things can go wrong. You know, it just got hacked the other day. What was it for? Like seven Bitcoin and like however much Monero. Yeah, but that that was on the Bitcoin Monero market. So, I mean. Oh okay. Yeah. But still. Yeah. So next question is by Neebzy, and he says, reasons to invest in hardware wallets slash trustworthy manufacturers. Is there any other hardware wallet or software outside of a wallet that one should consider? Any trading stats with light slash shit coins to acquire BTC? So reasons to invest in a hardware wallet is you don't leave your coins on an exchange, so you sleep peacefully at night not knowing that there's a chance that you're going to get hacked or more of a chance that you're going to get hacked it's kept offline completely through your wallet so it's hard for hackers you know to hack your bitcoin when it's not online um the hardware outside of a wallet that one should consider i consider wasabi i'm not going to consider samurai I've never used it. I do use Wasabi for pretty much everything coin joining, which is mixing coins to add privacy. Um, I use it to store my wallet, my hard wallet. Um, and any trading stats, don't trade, just hodl. Just buy Bitcoin and hold it. Yeah, I, I'd add that you, you don't technically need to go spend money and buy a hardware wallet, but it does help out in your security if you're going to be um, sending your coins around and using them. So 
you you know it is a good recommendation to buy some hardware so that you know like nick said that you sleep well at night that your bitcoins is good and secure on your various hardware and then like nick said yeah i would definitely recommend to coin join your uh your bitcoin on something like wasabi or samurai i i haven't used samurai recently so it's hard for me to recommend it but i definitely recommend using coin join because if you're buying if you're buying your bitcoins through a kyc exchange then your identity is linked to your your addresses and in the future since bitcoin is is a blockchain and and your data is going to be there forever you you don't want people to know what coins you own and what addresses are yours so if you can put them through a coin join at least you can break the link between the exchange and your private wallet and then another thing is you guys need to run a node if various there's various nodes you can set up you can do it free by just downloading bitcoin core or you can buy a hardware node and it gets complicated at first but if you're not running a node eventually it means you technically don't know if you own bitcoin so the whole thing is you want to be running a node because you want to be able to verify your transactions and back to what we were saying earlier um what makes bitcoin so special is that there's thousands of people that are running the software and are verifying for themselves from the very first transaction that what they own is actually bitcoin and so that's what a node does it verifies your transactions so we are going to wrap this up with these last couple questions here from chuck who says risk to consider when investing in gptc hardware wallet recommendations for noobs he feels like cold card is too advanced to recommend and thoughts on shilling stock to flow to pre-coiners so the risk to consider when investing in gptc i don't feel like i qualify enough to give that much advice on it because i've never done it before um, I know some people who have, and I can talk to them, and we can uh, do it on next week's episode. Um, hardware wallets recommended. I recommend using Trezor for noobs. Cold card can be a little advanced. Um, it's a big learning curve, but and it can seem really intimidating. But I would recommend if you don't get a get a Trezor. I feel like it's one of the the next safest one. I don't like Ledger. I've used it before. I just I just don't agree with some of the stuff. It I don't know. It's just not for me. I recommend um, thoughts on shilling stock to flow. So stock to um, stock to flow is how do I want to explain this? I shell with stock to flow. Do you want to, do you want to take this? Uh stock to flow is um so the stock to flow is a model that um plan B somehow with with his uh econometrics found out a co-integration which I don't even know what that fully means but from my understanding is that stock to flow is the understanding that the hardest asset will become money and what that means is 
So like with gold, there's a certain amount of stock of gold that's been around since the Egyptian times. All the gold that has ever been mined is still around and it's just changed forms. And so that would be the stock. And the flow is the certain amount of gold that's mined every year. And as the price of gold goes up, it incentivizes people to, to go mine some more gold, which increases the flow. And so in, in Bitcoin, the stock is hard capped at 21 million and the flow is predetermined by an algorithm. And as we are about to come up into the halvening within, I think it's, I don't know, 12 days or 10 days or something, this, the flow of Bitcoins is going to get cut in half. And so that means that there's going to be less Bitcoins on the market. And when this event happens, uh, the Bitcoin stock to flow, according to uh, Plan B's chart, will start to rival gold as one of the hardest assets on the planet. And then within four years, it's going to be more scarce than, than gold is, uh, according to the stock to flow chart. And so... According to the stock to flow, which it's just a model and all models, you know, what's it? All models are wrong, but some are useful. And so according to the stock to flow, the price is going to make some incredible leaps if, if it still holds to that model. And so the less Bitcoin on the market, the the more and and the higher the demand goes the more the price is gonna just shoot up and so i definitely have been using the stock to flow to show to some of my friends because it's a visual it's 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 like a visual way to see what might happen in the future and we don't know if the if the if bitcoin will follow the stock to flow chart but it it has a, a species or uh, a t has a correlation to Bitcoin that it, it seems quite incredible. And if it if it does follow that chart, then you right now have an opportunity for compounding your your purchasing power into the future. And um it can be like a good and bad way to show people yeah. in the Bitcoin because you can be like, oh look at this, you know thing you can put your money in and get rich but then it's also like wow you can put your money in and get rich that seems like a ponzi scheme and uh or a pump and dump scam whatever they may see it as and there are positives and negatives to it you really have to do your research on bitcoin and you know if that if bitcoin aligns with what you want you know buy some do what you want with your money but I just don't want to like shill it to people and be like, oh, this is going to happen. You know, like Optimus just said, the model can break at any time. You know, nothing's guaranteed in that. And that brings me to our last question, which was supposed to be the first question, but I forgot. It was, um, we'll end it on this one because we're just going over time. But it says, why would you buy Bitcoin if the halving is going to make it worth half as much? So the halving does not cut Bitcoin in half. So let's say if you have $1,000 of Bitcoin, you're not going to have $500 after. It's the issuance of Bitcoin. So miners create 
Bitcoin or they find Bitcoin in the code through solving mathematical transactions called mining and mining produces these new Bitcoin. So every four years around a certain amount of because, you know, one block is about every 10 minutes. There's something, there's an event called the halving. So right now, the there is 12.5 Bitcoin produced every block. After the halving, there will only be 6.25 produced every block. It makes it more scarce. And, you know, there's only 21 million, so it raises the stock to flow. And that's why we see big increases and decreases in price because people buy it up. It gets more scarce. It gets harder to obtain. The price shoots through the roof. And then like what we saw in 2017, the price went from like $800 to $20,000. And then it, it was way overbought. And people started selling off and it dropped all the way back down to $3,000. It's very volatile, but um, we got to remember that's a feature of Bitcoin. It's not a bug. Volatility means opportunity. Got to risk it. 100%. So um, any any closing uh, statements you'd like to add, Optimus? Uh, I mean, I can stay for a few more minutes if some people got some more questions. So you can unmute yourself and and if you got a question and if no questions then um yeah man this this was cool I I really enjoyed this thank you Goldbug for uh, debating us I hope you come in next week and and we can do that again we just uh we'd like to keep this this quick and sweet so that it's digestible so uh hopefully we you know didn't confuse you more and we uh, imparted some wisdom on you guys and i hope you guys will start to stack some sats with us and improve your future like it's done for me Mm -hmm. peace guys